Updog, my man, Labatt Blue. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. Uh, hanging in your garage, watching <laughs> UFC, playing pool. Having a hot tub. Come on, baby. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Updog, always enjoy responsibly. Beer Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Up dog fella, look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. What's missing curfew? It's when you kind of play guilty, but you show up. How nice is a green light on the road, though? No practice tomorrow, no playing, just go. Scotty Upshaw in the clear, and he scores! A few laughs, a little bit of fun, and obviously a lot of hockey talk. You're listening to Missing Curfew. The lads. Fella. Fella Friday, my Fella friend. Friday. Here at the DraftKings Sportsbook in Scottsdale, Arizona. Super Bowl Fella Friday. Listen, it's been a great week here. Um, been a long week for the boys. Yeah. Been I a feel good great. Week. Don't oh, yeah. I'm ready to rock. I mean, it's, fri- it's Fella Friday. Um... There's only one place we couldn't make it on this fellow tour was to Vegas for this, unfortunately, for the Super Bowl. Oh, who knows? Maybe we've got to keep our Saturday, Sunday open. Maybe we'll, you never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know if we can get there. If, if only the week of uh, the Toronto All-Star Game NHL into the Waste Management Open, keeping our Saturday, Sunday open for what could be the first ever major bash, Super Bowl bash in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, let's talk about that. What do you think? I mean... So if you're one of the players, obviously now you you know if you're gonna go out, you went out early in the week, right? You probably don't go out at all. Not even uh, maybe we would have went out early in the week. No, I bet you. I bet week you, you keep I it pretty. You last week when they landed the bird, I bet you the they rhino, got their the rhino was packed. They landed their Sunday. The rhino was packed right to the rhino, hundred uh, percent. And then all you do all your media stuff Monday, Tuesday, and then you kind of get into the game. But I'm telling you, there's gonna be some shakers in Vegas that are gonna be unbelievable, right? And expensive. You want to talk about dust off your Amex? Can you imagine some of these clubs? What do you think a table's going for at, like, excess? Crazy. Oh, a minimum 15, 20K. At least for a bad table. I yeah, probably, yeah, 100%. I mean, it was no probably different than F1. Yeah. You were at F1. It was a shit show. The only thing that's going to be a little easier is that there's not going to be a racetrack throughout the whole city. Yeah. But, you know, let's, let's just talk Super Bowl. I mean, these guys have been there all week, fired up. Um, you know, not only the players, but the fans and the spectacles and the Bruno Mars of the world and the fucking... You know, the Swifties and whatever, we get into that. But this place is, uh, it's the mecca for entertainment. And now the NFL, which is arguably the biggest sport, sporting event of our country and maybe the world, is now upon uh, what's going to be Sin City's, you know, ultimate weekend. Yeah, and we know we got a taste of it last weekend up in Toronto, the media there. Uh, the media I've noticed in, in, in Vegas this week, and, and the boys, they did it earlier in the week at Radio Row, but like the, the, the media attention that these guys are getting right now, like talk about the distractions. You've got to be just like, 
if you're Andy Reid and uh, Kyle Shanahan, like, boy, somehow stay focused. It's got to yeah. be, with social media and everything coming out of it, it's got to be tough. I can't imagine. It's yeah. got to be tough. You know what I found quite amusing early in the <laughs> week was, uh, you know, they basically had like a Hunger Games set up with a guy basically interviewing Patty Mahomes and Brock Purdy, right? And they're both up on stage. You got the, you got the, the, the Lombardi trophy. You got the Lombardi trophy right there. And they're interviewing both guys on like, you know, did you see this? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. And I'm like, this is what, you know, people want to see this. People want to see these two quarterbacks who are chasing their dream. Obviously, Patty Mahomes already won a couple. Brock Purdy is, he's still making 750 grand. You know, shit, we're almost making that much. Um, <laughs> but but this this guy, you know, this guy's on the pedestal of of sports right now. And the way that they... The way that they showcase showcase these guys is it, it's awesome. They put yeah. the players uh, on on a on a platform um, and on, and a stage this week, and it's all week. But you know, you talk about trying to get off um, to focus. You know, these guys are in Vegas. It's it's okay. You Minnesota a couple of years ago with the you know when the Eagles won, easy to stay on focus. A lot of distractions. Now it's distractions. You know, are they calling it? You know, you get anything over? Yeah. What do you and I, I think the Niners have been there. They've been to one a couple of years ago and lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think they're probably there with obviously some unfinished business. And if you're the Chiefs, they've had so many distractions around this year with the Taylor Swift, the Kelsey thing. If there's two teams that aren't going to get distracted, it's probably these two teams. Like if the Ravens would have made it, I, I don't know if that team would have been a little bit easier to go out and have a good time. Because they seem more like a hardcore. Yeah. Let's have some guts. Yeah, have they a good don't time. come home for curfew, those boys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Patty Mahomes, I mean, there's been memes all week of, of his voice and Kenny Powers. He sounds like Kenny Powers a lot. Does he ever? Kermit and then the they asked Kenny him about Kermit the Frog. He had a cool answer. He's like, just anytime I talk, it's my best Kermit the Frog impression. But, dude, there was a picture that surfaced. I mean, you're still ripped up pretty good. But his bod, and you look at him, you can tell he's got a little, you can tell he's not going to be in the GQ, you know, ripped up cover. But he's got a pretty good boiler on him. But he's just he's a very flexible guy and. But I, I was nice to see a guy with a little softer on the stomach be the best player in the NFL. Yeah, well, and the way he plays, like he he runs, um, he he can escape the pocket well. He's got a great arm. He's uh, his vision is incredible. But you look, what you watch him after a long play, he goes and gives it the old straight back. He's like, <laughs> you know, he's like he walks around like he's got a pull up his butt. Like he's, um, you know, at times that body is probably not at its you know, at its peak performance yeah. uh, when he's, you know, long in games. And will we see that play a factor later in his career? Maybe, right? Like Tom Brady had yeah. the same chub when he played, yeah. but then figured as I get older, like there's no way. I'm not going to stop eating strawberries. I'm going to be more of a vegan. I'm going to eat clean, this and that. And, and, it, and it worked. And it worked. It's nice to see the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, have a little, little chub. Yeah, that avoid Patty Mahomes. I love, I love you even more. Uh, Updog, we're in the DraftKings Sportsbook here at TPG Scottsdale. Uh, let's get some picks going. Listen, I'm I'm not going against the Chiefs again. I learned my lesson. Uh, all the fellas know I listen. I had my futures, Ravens, Niners, Super Bowl bet. They screwed that up. I got the Chiefs last week at plus two when I was having lunch with you. I pinned them in. Uh, I'm also going to take the Chiefs money line. I'm taking the Chiefs money line. And then a little prop bet I like for you fellas out there. Patty Mahomes over 26 and a half yards rushing. You just got to think he's going to have those two big explosive runs, right? He's only going to run it a few times, but you know how he always makes that, you know, great 15, 16, 17 yard run to get a first down. He's going to do that a couple times, maybe three times. I like the over 26 and a half rushing yards for Patty Mahomes. Chiefs money line, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. She's going to be on the field with all the confetti. I'm <laughs> king of the Chiefs, baby. Chiefs kingdom. <laughs>
I'm interested to see what kind of Taylor Swift prop bets are out there. Oh, uh, I can only. Imagine. But listen, for, for me, I'm going to go up. We're going to bet a bottle of Camus on this. I'm going to take. I'm going to take the Niners only because Christian McCaffrey. I traded for him mid-season. What he, a helped, trade. he helped me get to the fantasy finals where I lost to Larry Bettman by point zero two. Um, I had Brandon Ayuk. I love, love, love the way that the Chiefs have just, you know, they 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 were the best team in the in the league to start off. Then they had a little low. They lose to the Browns. Then they step back up. Everyone questions Purdy. He steps up. He has an incredible championship game. Now, can they get over the hump? George Kittle is he going to have a big game? I'm expecting uh, Debo Samuel anytime TD score plus one thirty five. That's easy That's money to me. And I'm going to take them at, at at plus two. Like the line opened at plus two and a half for the Chiefs, and the line went all the way down immediately in the first couple Niners hours. Plus two. Yeah, the night. Yeah, the Niners were well. It started two and a half. Yeah. Right out of the gate, it comes down to one. Right. So everyone goes. So everyone hammered the other way. Everyone hammered the other way, and now she's she's relatively been there all week at the at the two mark. Um. So I'm going to take you, Bala Camus. If we put her on there, do you want to take the? I'm going to take the Niners. I'm giving you two points. Let's go, Niners. Let's go, McCaffrey. Let's hey, go, baby. Can you get up real quick? Can you get the MVP? Oh, it's up there. Who's going to win MVP? Can. Super Bowl MVP. Okay, what? Patty Mahomes, plus 125. Yeah. What's Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy, plus 225. McCaffrey. Plus 475. Travis Kelsey, plus 1,200. That's not a bad bet. Uh, that's not a bad bet either. Debo, plus 2,000. I, I think Brock Purdy's got to play well for them to win, obviously, but I think if they're going to beat him, I think McCaffrey's going to have like three touchdowns or something stupid and win the MVP. Yeah, you're right. No, if McCaffrey, if, if McCaffrey goes for, for 180 yards and three TDs, he arguably is the reason why they win that game. Yeah. Do, right? they, do they have the over-under for the National Anthem on length, or no, is that not up there yet? No, they do. They have it all. Novelty props. Coin toss, winner, they outcome. come. Heads. I'm going heads. I'm going heads. Combined jersey numbers. Super Sports Bowl Gatorade. Specials. Do they have the color Gatorade? Let's see. Such a sick app, eh? It's an incredible app. See how easy it is. They got it all. You know what? Well, well listen, that's... We'll no, see. no, no. That was... I like when you can bet on the cut of the Gatorade. It's typically orange. Yeah, right? well, our next guest, we'll ask him. We'll it's ask typically him. Typically orange. The one. I wonder how many colors there actually is a Gatorade. What is there? Five? Orange, yellow, Lemon green, lime. blue, red. Yeah. You know, and and the I feel like I feel like purple's up there as like a higher one. Ooh, yellow. Yeah. Like how many are in the fuck? How many different colors does the team have? I mean, listen. I'm curious. We never want to stay on the cup, but when you win, you wouldn't care where you're going to be. But imagine winning it in Vegas. It would be incredible. Oh my! God. I mean, you end up in Vegas. Yeah, to be honest, all the teams that end up there, and you win it right there. I wonder who's got the rights to where the boys are going after they win. right. I mean, you've got to think Kelsey's got something lined up. Who? No, but what? What? I bet you it could be like the win. The win said, "Listen, boys, we'll we'll pay you a million bucks. You guys come in. The winning team, million bucks, come in and and share your winning night here yeah. at our hotel. Be great. I wonder. It's gonna be a great Super Bowl." Uh, I got the Chiefs. Updaw's got the Niners. Couple prop bets. Check it out, fellas. We'll be right back here at Missing Curfew. Big fella. Time to talk about Lucy. Updog, Lucy is up in the nicotine pouch game with breakers. Pouches packing a little something extra inside. The geniuses at Lucy Obes came up with a brilliant way to fix both those problems. They put a mini liquid capsule inside each breaker's pouch. 
Nobody's doing anything like it except for Lucy. It's a new kind of pouch technology, and it's only available at Lucy. Break up your dusty gas station pouches and go to lucy.co slash curfew and use promo code curfew to get 20% off your first order. Lucy offers free shipping and has a 30-day refund policy if you change your mind. That's lucy.co and use code curfew to get 20% off and always free shipping. Without further ado, here comes the fine print. Lucy products are only for adults of legal age and every order is age verified. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to Mr. Curfew Up Dog, my man. Uh, Top Titty's back. We didn't have it because of the All-Star game last week. Listen, I took Matty Barzell the skills. You took McCarr. They both had good showings. Yeah, I finished second. I mean, Barzell was... We got McDavid in. Yeah, we should have known. I know, but I mean, the odds were there. The odds, I took a defenseman to win the skills competition. When would that, in what like decade would you ever have thought a D-man has a chance to win the NHL overall skills comp? That's yeah. incredible. Maybe back when Bobby Orr was a player, right? Yeah. But I had, That's my, exactly faith. Would have been. I had my faith in Kale McCarr. He gave it a great effort, but let's be honest. Connor McDavid is the best hockey player in the world, and he showcased that with his speed, his skill, even his shooting, his passing accuracy. The whole thing. I mean, he's a dynamic player, and, and he proved it once again to to the world. Yeah. Listen, I'll tell you what, McCarty leaned on 102 with all the hours clapper, so he's got it. When he, and I, I never thought of him having a ball like that because he's always just does that nice little twisted wrister. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Top Titty's back. Check it out. Thousand American dollars up for grabs. First place gets a buttery T-shirt and a fucking juicy missing curfew lid. Take on me and the updog, Princey, Maxie, and Whole Pass Media. And obviously the captain, Brental, will be in there. That brings us to the Saturday night lock of the night, DraftKings, baby. Presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code Curfew Kings. Because life's more beautiful and fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. DraftKings, baby. Updog is 8-2. I took a lot of tough one a couple weeks ago. I'm 8-4. To bind, we're 16-6. and six. We are making the fellas' money still. The Updog is on a heater. Listen, I love everything that Paddy Waugh has done since he's been at Long Island. His interview after the Leafs game a couple days ago was you could be a, a duck or a hawk. He said, Bo Horvat. I better be careful chirping Bo Horvat, too. Because Patty Wall likes him. Yeah, he's got him. And I don't need Patty Wall yeah. coming at me because this guy, he's kind of scary, eh? Yeah, he's right. He's not kind of scary. I think so. Look at the way he played. Yeah, he's yeah. like, you can either be a duck or a hawk. And tonight he Hawks was a hawk. Have, have t- fa- uh, talents. Hawks that just they just prowl over you and come yeah. out and attack. Did you see Ducks that? Vi- just you see the video I sent you the other day of the, uh, of the guy bringing the, the, yeah, the yeah. hawk the bringing gear. the goat? Right the there. goat? Huge. I mean, it was nuts. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is you leaving the fella to yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, uh, you're not far off, fella. So I love the hiring, and this is going to make me feel even better because Princey's sitting right here on the fella tour. I'm taking the New York Islanders and Patty Wall against the Calgary Flames. Sorry, Wiggs, baby. Look out for the Alders in the second half. I think Patty's going to get them going. That's my lock of the night. I'm taking the Seattle Kraken in Philadelphia on the road. Listen, Philly, I know they just... No, I know. I'm watching the downfall of the Flyers right now. I don't have a reason for it, but uh, my Seattle Kraken, they're coming back. My boy Schwartzy's coming back from Costa Rica. These boys on a Saturday night, lock of the week, expect them to... 
do some thumping in Philly town. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see how Philly plays out, right? Because you know we both we both been on teams like this. I remember my first year in Colorado, where we were kind of like Philly. We were picked, we were picked to finish, you know, bottom of the league, bottom five of the league. We got off to a great start. We got to the All Star break. We we're still in the playoff spots. I remember Loops texting me like, "You think you got the horses to get in here?" And I was like. I don't know. Then we made a couple of trades in the deadline, brought in Steve Downey, Jamie again, which helped us, but we just we couldn't get there. So I'm, I'm interested to see if they can can hang on here and continue yeah. to to keep this momentum because they played so good, and we want to see them get in. But this is going to really show these last forty games, right? This is where if you don't have the depth or the skill, maybe where you can kind of get, eh, you know what I'm yeah, saying? No, and I mean, listen, all year they've been the surprise team, and every year there is. Last year you can consider Seattle cracking a yeah. team that surprised everybody but kept going. Now. Philadelphia Flyers are, uh, you know, they're kind of in the spot where it's like, are, are, are you playing now the style of hockey that everyone expected? Or who is going to help you get over the hump? Like, you know, goalie situation, power play. You're going to have to score goals and a lot of goals down the stretch because games games become, get they get tight down the stretch. Yeah. And we're midway through the season. They're in a good spot, but I'm expecting a little downfall in the Flyers and I'm expecting Seattle to come out and get them. Another team I'm interested in is uh, Jack Hughes, your boy Jack Hughes and the New Jersey Devils. Jack's been hurt twice I now, know. and if he gets healthy, he's got to stay healthy. Yeah, he's got to stay healthy. But you got to. They need some goaltending. I mean, their goaltending has yeah. been atrocious, awful, awful. But you got to think if he can stay healthy, that they're gonna that they're gonna find a way to get in there. Yeah, and once they get in, they can do some damage. We'll be right back here. I'm missing curfew. Up dog, my man, Labatt Blue. Lots of things are better together. Hockey. Food, golf, uh, hanging in your garage, watching <laughs> UFC, playing pool, having a hot tub. Come on, baby. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Updog, always enjoy responsibly. Beer Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Welcome back to Mr. Curfew Updog, Fella Tour Super Bowl Week continues. Who we got here, bud? I would like to introduce uh, an extraordinary gentleman here with DraftKings, uh, the uh, sport, the sports book, and the new race sports book that DraftKings has. Uh, the operations manager, Johnny Avello. Thanks for joining the boys in Missing Curfew. How has this week been for you? A busy week. Yeah, Scotty Shane. Good to see you guys. Yeah. Uh, it has been a busy week. So it's actually been a busy two weeks, and every day seems to. Just keep escalating, uh, you know, and getting busier, and that's the way it's going to be. That's the way this golf tournament is, and and my week goes as this golf tournament goes. More people, more action, more business, yeah. and then finally, thank and then, you. And then for the for the last hurrah, the Super Bowl. So, uh, but bring our listeners into a little bit about your your role here at um, you know at DraftKings, and and just maybe the growth of the company. You know, you guys opened up a race book, uh, you know, horse racing book last year. Uh, but just maybe dive into a little bit about your role and where the company's gone the last couple of years. Yeah, um, you know, let's go back, I guess, to 2018 when PASPA was overturned. Uh, one of the owners of DraftKings, Matt Kalish, asked me uh, if I wanted to come on board with DraftKings. He convinced me to come on. I, I just like the space of being able to book games in multiple states, except, you know, Las Ve- without Las Vegas being the only one, and that's where... You know, I, I've resided there for 45 years, been in the sports book business 37 years. So it was exciting for me. And so we were only in one state at the time. That was New Jersey. Uh, and we had a lot of work to do. We, you know, we were, uh, so we had a couple of traders, but we were using some outside influences to help us make the odds. 
and he wanted me to put a trading team together, and that's what I did. And now that trading team is 50-plus guys, and some are here in the U.S., and some are in London, and some are around the world. So uh, that's why you see all the offerings that we have on our app. We're able to do that because we have so many guys working on so many different projects. Uh, but we've we've come a long way. We continue to, I think, put up the best content, yeah. um, and uh, our customers are very grateful for it. So are you making the lines, you and this group of 50 people, you're making all the lines that come out for DraftKings on a daily basis? Yeah, everything yeah. comes out of our own. So are you checking the ones right away in Vegas? Like, like I'm saying, are you seeing what's going on in Vegas before you put yours out? Or oh, you guys, no. No, no, you're just doing your thing and don't even worry about it. We are, doing. we are, and I don't want to boast, but I'll boast. Yeah, we, are, <laughs> we are the market makers. Yes. We actually put these props up, all these lines you see for NFL, college football. We are the first to go up and the others will follow. Yeah. Well, the prop bets, I mean, me and up, we talk about it all the time when we can use the, when we're in the States that we can use the app. The prop bets, especially for hockey, shots on goals, any type points, stuff like that. I mean, it's when it comes to DraftKings, there's nothing better than that. You can't beat it. No. It's uh, the best. You know, it, not everybody just wants to bet pregame, you yeah. know, A versus B. Sometimes you don't like the line in that game. So we wait until the game starts, and then maybe the team we wanted to bet and we didn't like the price, now they're, they're I get a plus price because the other team scored first. So there are things that you may – now – if that doesn't happen and you don't get a good price, you pass for the yeah. night. You know, you, yeah, yeah. You it's know, hard to yeah, pass it, though when yeah. you got your when you got your trigger happy. Yeah, your fingers is just ready to trigger happy. You know, that, your trigger happy. But, that is that is true. So I bet a lot of hockey. I bet I, I'm, I'm watching hockey games every night. So I got to bet to watch some nights because some of the games are not interesting. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some <laughs> of the lines, you know, I'll see like a minus two eighty, and I'm like, well, both teams have sticks here. So I, I was like. Sometimes in hockey, I feel like they're, they're like the lines are really big. Is that is that normal? Like a lot of minus two eighties, a lot of minus. I mean, I bet some that are minus four hundred. Now that was the best team against a really bad team. But do you notice in hockey that the because there's no spread, so to speak. I know you got the puck line, but that's how you got to keep it fair, right? With that big, you know, you take the Knights at home. Say they're playing Phoenix, who's not a bad club, you yeah. know. And they come in and you know they they have beat the Knights. I remember that game; they beat them one nothing back yeah. about a month ago. You know, they're two eighty in that game. So yeah. if you want to bet. Th that type of a team where you have to lay to 280, you have to have the guts, first of all, to put up 280 to win 100. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of guys like to bet, lay the, lay the puck and a half, right? Yeah. And then either get even money or even maybe yeah. a plus. But we all know how many, how many games full one. So that puck guy has stung me so much, man. <laughs> stung me so, so let me ask you, let's stay on hockey for a second. A lot of our listeners are hockey-based listeners. They also love football and baseball and all that stuff. But for hockey, you know, how much of your team – you know, considering a line on any given night, because you, you you know you guys have lines for all games. How many know the things, the intangibles in and around the game of hockey, and in the round the game of pro sports that go into like winning a hockey game? Like whether it's you know is the team banged up, or did a guy you know get divorced? That you know did they have a rookie party? Did, party? did the they have a rookie party two nights ago? But like, does your team? Do they do they assemble like some internal data to build these lines like yeah. that? Is it's well. As far as the data is concerned, yes, yeah. we uh, you know we have algorithms that help us out, but we do have all the information. As far as who broke up with their girlfriend, last <laughs> time, that's the kind of that's, stuff. That's, that's what the kind of stuff betters, I'd like to know. Yeah, that's what the betters want to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the important stuff. Sometimes is the emotional aspect of it, and yeah, uh, yeah uh, sometimes we might get something like that on Twitter, but for the most part, yeah, those intangibles are tough to run. I'll by. tell you what, if you see, if you could keep your eye open for the rest of this year, maybe probably next year, because a lot of these are over. But the fat, the father or mother trips they have, or the like when they bring their mom and dad on the road. Yeah, I would like to know. I don't have the data. I'm not an analytics guy, but uh, from my eye test, a lot of times these guys bring their mom and dads, and on they the road. win. They win. 
because they're they're playing in front of their their parents, right? They bring the energy. I don't, the games I've watched this year, because I've got stung on a couple of them, where a team goes in, Ottawa Senators, for example, they got their fathers on the trip, they go in and win a game when they were probably plus 220 that night. Yeah. Brings so, me to Shane to the in-game wagering. Yeah. So you don't know that's happening, so you wait, and then yeah. the game starts, and you say, there they are! I know. There I don't, they are! I don't do <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's my biggest thing. I don't do enough in-game wagering. You know what's another incredible really stat that, uh, that, a good good friend, point, that a good friend of mine, I, I could call him a hockey handicapper, this guy, he's, uh, he's, up, in, uh, he's up in Vancouver. Won't give him away, but he um, he, he said, well, you know, watch coaching changes. Won't uh, give your name, Jim, but that's yeah, yeah, yeah. But a coaching change, right? Yeah. And this yeah. has happened a lot this year. I think he's fucking pinged five five off in a row. Anytime a coaching change, the last one was Patrick Waugh going to New York Islanders. They they came back late in the game and won, but that was to to his effect. The St. Louis Blues did it earlier in the season, but a new coaching change. It's a win the next day. There's a couple of thing, angles you can look at, and they're temporary. And I will say that. Mm -hmm. Coach, coaching change sometimes and maybe a key player out for a game, that may work for one game, be, maybe yeah. two. Yeah. Because the team knows that we have to, you know, got to change here now so we're emotionally high or we're missing one of our better players. We need to pick it up a, a, a bit. So that doesn't always work. You know, for yeah. the whole season, but yeah. it could be temporary and might get you that win. So is this bittersweet for you being Super Bowl week that that's the last game of the year, or is this, oh, you could take a little breather now because the football season's over? I guess my question is, besides football, which is the number one thing I'm pretty sure that people bet on, well, what's next? Well, now that the Super Bowl's oh, over. March, man. March Madness. <laughs> March Madness. Are you kidding, Shane? Yeah, the only thing that's going to change is the shape of the ball. We're moving forward that's here. We got, a, yeah, we got some big events coming March up. March Madness. Shape of the ball, right? Yeah, the yeah, little yeah. one out here tonight. And yeah. then, you know, what I do like about this tournament is this does kick off this the golf season. After yeah, this, I mean, we're true. we're just a major, major. But that, but obviously NFL is the biggest one, right? Football or football yeah. is both college and pro. We yeah. Remember on uh, on Saturday we have seventy five games going. So yeah. both you take the Saturday and Sunday combined, they are big days. Yeah, when it comes to golf, a lot of these top ten bets I find are good, right? You get a guy like the number one player in the world. You know, he's always in the top ten. Max Holm up, John Rahm. He's, I know he's on live now, but he was a top ten making machine. Yep. Is that like a bet you would think it kind of hits a lot of times with these top 10 guys, the top players in the world? No, a lot of people do make that bet. Uh, you know, that way you don't have to win the whole tournament. You yeah. just need to finish in those top 10 spots. Yeah. I think that's a good bet. Now, that doesn't always work out, but but Scotty Scheffler, he seems to yeah. be he seems to be always uh, in that top 10. Yeah. Interesting uh, number we have up on Scotty Scheffler is to lead the tournament after the first round. He's 16 to 1. But he's nine to two to win a whole tournament. Yeah. So that just shows you the kind of player he is. He's not the kind of guy that jumps out to the lead. He, yeah, he he's, he's a racehorse, kind of yeah. settles back a little kind bit. Of warm up, kind of big. Well, surge. it's funny you said that because the odds for him to lead after the first round and then win the tournament outright is tw is twenty five hundred. It's 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 plus twenty five hundred, which you know for him to win the tournament outright, it's a much, you know it's much less. Much less. Um. So it's just like you. Yeah. It's 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 tendencies and it's all that stuff. It's what. It's him on Wednesday night. You may be hitting the bird's nest, and then he t fine tunes it till the weekend. Yeah, yeah. That I don't think he's a bird's nest guy. I saw him. I saw him <laughs> in the Bahamas chipping on a Wednesday. I'm like, buddy, you're getting paid either way. Go go have some fun. I was like, this guy's working on a short game at Tigers tournament. I'm like, that's well, why he's number one in the world. Well, Johnny, let's just let's talk about Super Bowl, right? And that's uh, it's a big weekend. We have Johnny Elway uh, as a podcast guest this week. We uh, we had him on earlier, and he's an incredible guest. What a guy! Uh, what a human being! But uh, 
you know, it's nice to have you here. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, maybe some fun prop bets that, that DraftKings has on their apps, maybe in and around the Swifty fans out there. Not that probably any of our listeners are <laughs> Swifty fans. I'm coming but, around on the Swifty, but, but uh, I didn't like it all But, but what around. do we got? Uh, what do we got? What's the team sitting back going? How do we make this fun for our fans for, for this weekend's game? Well, first of all, I want to thank Taylor Swift <laughs> yeah. for becoming a Chiefs fan and and dating the tight end. That's what the song's going to be, you know. Right. I, it's going to be something like that. I I left, left my heart in, in uh, Kansas City, but I, he's got a nice tight end or something. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's the song. There you go. Yeah, that's the song that's coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've heard it here. But I want to I want to thank her because she has brought fans to the NFL. Absolutely. And she has brought fans to DraftKings that, and we you know we capitalize on that. Yeah. Uh, we if there's something happening out there that we think's interesting, we'll build props around it, and that's what we've done. We've taken <laughs> we've taken Taylor Swift's songs. Rather, songs or album titles, and then we've correlated props around those yeah. uh, those songs. Let's hear a couple. What do we got? Let's let's see a couple. What do we got? Okay, shake it off. We all know that song, don't we? <laughs> I don't know, Taylor. I'm sorry, I'm not a Swifty. I, I oh, like to have a bank I've, account, but yeah. I don't know. I don't Just know don't jump song. in his car on a Friday and be playing it on the way song. to the golf. You know, shake it off, shake, shake it, it off, <laughs> shake it off. I don't know. If I heard, I would know it. I would know it. Okay, so shake it off. What that is is that 49er score. The first touchdown. Okay. But the Chiefs come back to win. Nice. Okay. What's that line? Do we get a line on that? Is that a, is that a oh, good line? Oh, let's see if I line? can find that. Okay. Shake I like it. I like off. Shake it off. Uh, that is. Uh, There's a lot of big numbers here, though. Yeah. These are all. These, these are these are fun, though. These They're are all the Taylor Swift props. Plus 2,000, I see. Th- that one is, uh, I think, plus three. Plus three fifty. Plus three fifty. Because that could happen. That could definitely happen. That could definitely happen. Uh, the goal rush. That's one of her songs. Yeah. That's the 49ers to score 40 or more points. What's the deja vu one you're talking about? Oh, deja vu. That's deja vu. Kansas City to win by exactly 11 points. Now you get that, right? Yeah. Because three years ago, Kansas City won this game by exactly 11 points. So it's got to be some higher. What is that one? Plus what? That's got to be. That one is 30 to 1. Yeah. Plus 3,000. There you go. There you go. We could do a lot of things with a little thirty to one. I could use a thirty to one hit, boys. I could use a thirty to one hit. No, that's that's great. And I I mean, the big reason we've obviously been part of the DraftKings family four plus years now, and and the app is is on fire. And you're a big reason for that. Maybe, you know, maybe just talk about the difference between our platform and you know all the competitors out there. And everyone's you know chasing for for the client, but. I believe that DraftKings has the best thing. We're now building these beautiful, you know, sports books. We've got, we're sitting in the one here in Scottsdale. But, you know, what separates the, that competition for DraftKings? We're different. And we the, the reason we're different is and better is because if you look at, first of all, our app, it's very easy to navigate. We built that app ourselves. And I'm no, I know you guys have seen some of the other apps that are out there. Sometimes you're looking around, you can't find, you know, where is uh, the first quarter? And in our app, it's very simple. You go to NFL, and there's headers across the top with all the quarters, so you can get to it easy. So that's yeah. that's number one. Number two is content. I don't think anybody puts up more betting interest that, than we put up. I agree. You know, and uh, customer service, in my opinion, yeah. is, is yeah. fantastic. we got a team of guys. I'm sure you've met some of them, the VIP guys. Uh, you know, they take care of all our customers. They're yeah. excellent at what they do. And we build these marvelous sports books. This is yeah. this one and the one in Wrigley that we built two of the <laughs> nicest sports books you'll ever be in. Yeah. They actually rivaled uh, some of the Vegas books. Yeah, no, this place is beautiful. The one we went to in Troy, Michigan was nice too. The other thing you guys came up with is good. We're good for the company. These same game parlays, we give about two a week. Yeah. I think we've hit two all year. So That's all you need us to. Yeah, we're good for the company, but those are fun. The same game parlays are fun. 
like I said, all the prop bets you guys have for, for hockey, especially shots on goal, stuff like that, that's what I think separates DraftKings as well. Thank you very much. Really Appreciate great. the so, plug. Thank you so much for having us on. Continue up the good work. Keep those lines fair, eh? Because we're out there best. But keep those lines fair. We, keep, we, we, no, I feel like just keep them fair. Yeah, hey, no. look at all we have going to us. People think that odds makers are actually uh, they can pick games. We're not, you know, we don't have crystal balls. No. What we have going for us is a little bit of juice that we hold. So that's all. We just hold yeah. a little bit of juice on every bet. Yeah. If I you if you lose, if you win, we don't hold anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. That's why there's sports books here. That's right. <laughs> so, without giving it away, do you have a favorite for the weekend? Yeah, who you like? Tell, you know, we're not allowed to tell or yeah, look I, into the crystal ball. I, I, I love Taylor Swift this weekend. All right, there we go. <laughs> yeah, so does Travis Kelsey. Thanks a lot. I was fun, Johnny. Thanks, thanks for having. Thank us. you, yeah, I appreciate it. You betcha. You Thank you. Uh, Super Bowl week up, dog. You 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 pulled a, an absolute legend, a guy with a gold jacket, uh, an absolute beauty. We got John Elway coming at the boys. Just talk about how. This all came together because this was such a good get for Super Bowl week. Uh, Two times in he's a he's a legend. He's a goat, and uh, he's you know you can you can probably count five quarterbacks on your hand who in their era uh, really owned the game and owned the way it was played and played with their heart on his sleeve. And and he's definitely one of them. Um, he pioneered the tough, fucking farm boy type you know uh, style with a gun. You know, and, and if you watch any videos of John Elway playing his day, for a lot of our younger listeners out there, you have to because it was, uh, yeah, there's no quarterback out there right now playing like him. Maybe Josh Allen. Josh Allen would be. Maybe Josh yeah. Allen. Throws the ball like him, runs like yeah. him, demeanor like him, and and maybe like maybe like uh, Johnny has almost got to the promised land but hasn't won. It yeah. took Johnny a lot of years to yeah. get there. Yeah. Um, but right now, listen, I got to meet John Elway at a member guest in Bel Air a couple years ago. Uh, play with him and Massimo, and I had an incredible day with these guys, laughing, telling stories, hanging out, having some beers, and uh, and what I learned about John Elway then and then was that he's a much better guy than he is a player. football player. Yeah. And if that, if you can even think of that comment, it's incredible, and he's very humble. And then playing with him again last weekend at Madison Club, uh, and, and asking him, you know, hey, do you mind if uh, you came on the pod? Like, are you doing any podcast stuff? Are you are you doing any network stuff now that you stepped away from your role with the, uh, you know, with the Broncos, with the Denver Broncos? And he, and he said, you know, I'm thinking about starting a podcast with my buddy, you know, on, on about like, the kind of life topics and politics and stuff. And I said, you should, people would listen. And I had no idea what I was doing when I got into it with my boy Shane O'Brien. But, <laughs> but I said, but if you got 30 minutes this week with the Super Bowl around the corner, yeah, we awesome. would love to have you on. It was a great um, Yeah, I, I just want to touch on one yeah. thing before we turn over that. Sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. I, for the fellas out there, if you haven't watched Elway to Marino, the ESPN 30 for 30, we touch on it here in this interview a little bit. He he, he changed the draft, man. Yeah. 1983, our birth year. Didn't want to bring that up to him. I didn't want to make him feel old. But before that, the draft wasn't really watched. And he, and he came out and said, I don't want to go play for the Baltimore Colts. And it goes through the whole thing. No social media back then. Just him talking to his agent, Dan Marino, Jim Kelly. So, fellas, if you're out there and you're looking for something to watch on a, on a night where there's not a lot of hockey, I was blown away. I'd seen it previously, but watched it again before John came on. What he did and what he went through, he changed the complexion of the draft forever. So, uh, like what, I, what flow, too. Yeah, Great hair. California dreamboat from Stanford. Uh, but, up, Doc, thank you very much for getting up. Like up, he said, coming from his pad in Madison, Two-time Super Bowl champ, Hall of Famer, John Elway. Remember the best vacation you've ever taken? Make your next one even better with Get Your Guide. With Get Your Guide, you can book over 100,000 unforgettable experiences in the U.S. and around the world. Want to see the Grand Canyon from a helicopter? They got you. Watching a wrestling match in Mexico City? No problem. 
Or how about a guided tour of Rome's ancient ruins? Wherever you're going, whatever you're into, book your next travel experience at getyourguide.com. Welcome back to Mr. Curfew, Updog Super Bowl week. Um, as you pulled out an all-time absolute beauty here. Uh, two-time Super Bowl champ, Hall of Famer. I spent some time in the city of Denver. This guy is an absolute legend. I caught a couple nice buzzes at his uh, steakhouse. <laughs> John Elway, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. Great to be with you guys. It sure is, and, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time away from a, from a golf match. I know you got a golf match today. There's no question you don't. Yeah, I do, actually. I do, yeah, because <laughs> the wind chill over here is about 72 right now, going to 76, and so I think we can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just start right there, Johnny. This weekend, uh, this past weekend, I was in town. Uh, we came into the desert for, uh, for a childhood friend of mine, Jesse Vanderveer, his birthday party. Uh, what a birthday it was, but I got a chance to play golf with you and, and your boy Moss and VC. Uh, nice little Canada versus the USA. Uh, it came it down was. to the wire, but talk you know, about talk about just a little bit about that camaraderie you got there at the Madison Club with the boys. Well, I mean that, and plus there's nothing better than an international match either, right? So good, U, good old USA against Canada, and uh, I think the USA ended up ahead on that one, if I remember right. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, but I know it, it, did, it tell did. Me, did you get in this pocket, John? Because I can never get in this pocket. Tell me you got in this pocket, please. <laughs> I got in this pocket. I got in this pocket. You know what but he did? Yeah, it's great. I mean, what Discovery does in Madison over here, I've been here at Madison now probably about nine years. And, and uh, you know, as you know, Uppy, there's so many great guys here. And then plus the plantations right across the street. So, so much great golf down here with great weather. You know, and for me, you know, I – it gets me up and moving every day. And that's the key thing, you know, getting beat up for so many years, as you know, hockey that you guys did, that uh, the more sedentary you are, the sore you get. And so it's um, golf is kind of my, my outlet, my competitive outlet, plus it keeps his body going. So I plan on playing it for a long, long time. Was it something you, during your career you used as a tool, like to stay competitive in the off seasons at all? Was golf something you always did or was it, uh, you know, something you picked up after? I, I picked up after because I was actually a baseball player, too. So I played a lot of baseball. So I never had time to to play golf. And so I'd never been a member of a club. When I got to Denver, probably my second year in Denver, I, there was a club right down from my house. And so I went over there and joined. And that was really, you know, we picked up golf clubs in college, but you didn't call it golf back then. It was just out there and a reason why I have some beers and, and <laughs> play around, right? So. So, yeah, I, and I got into golf. And then, you know, for me, for played for 16 years. So I never played during the season. And, uh, you know, in, in Denver, you know, I've got four kids. And so I couldn't really leave Denver during those younger years. And so it was, you know, I played probably three or four months a year. You know, starting in April in Denver. It kind of gets nice at times. But April and May are pretty choppy. And then June and July you got until we go to camp. And we used to go to camp back in the middle of July, not the end of July, and actually lasts a little bit longer. So, you know, I probably played three months a year. And then when I retired, had a chance to play a lot more golf in the offseason and even in the wintertime until I went back with the Broncos as a GM and that shut that down again. But uh, now I'm now I'm back on the 
on the on the links and, and that's my uh that's my job i wouldn't call it my job it's the best job i've had <laughs> johnny i was out in the desert last week actually i played massive club with craig manchester and actually got in his pocket for the first time in a long long time but unfortunately johnny i didn't score enough goals to buy anything at discovery but besides massive club what are some of your other favorite ones because i've been to a few and they're obviously all but what are some of your favorite you know, there's uh, there's so many of them. You know, we're, I'm at Playa Grande. They got a place down at Playa Grande, which is down in the Dominican. Um, I actually have a place up in Coraline, Idaho, where Gaza Ranch is. But I was actually I got up there in 2002. A friend of mine was from Denver, and he and he developed BlackRock, and uh, <clears throat> had me up there. And so I ended up buying a lot at BlackRock in 2002. And then I think Gaza came into existence like 2008 or 2009. And so. And then there's just been, and there's such a great membership at Gaza up there, and and uh, it's a five minute boat ride from my house. That's what I love when I get up to Coeur d'Alene. Once I get to my house, I go everywhere in my boat except to the supermarket, which I don't go to the supermarket very often. So therefore, I never get back in the truck. <laughs> yes. So our, so our boy JJ Dunham, who I you know who we love, he uh, he hit me up and he's like, if you got Johnny coming on, he's. The, He's the reason I'm in those woody boats and I'm blowing out his horn and I'm driving around the lake like I've won two Super Bowls and MVP'd one. But um, the one thing about Gauzer is, you know, it's got that athlete aspect to it, right? It feels like you're in a locker room because there is a lot of hockey guys, there's a lot of ex-athletes and current athletes, but that camaraderie is what you can't really build in the offseason for, especially for hockey guys. We look for that. So, Well, no, no question. And I think it's also, you know, like you said, it's like being back in the locker room, right? That's the thing that we miss the most probably when we retire is being back in the locker room and flinging a bunch of crap to a bunch of different guys and, and that type of thing. And, you know, and then, you know, it's great because we have all the tea times between 10 and 1030 and you just show up and go in and you get to play with everybody. You get to play with a bunch of different guys. And like you said, it's really fun to compete with athletes. You know, it's fun to compete anyway, but athletes have a different level of competition, which to me makes it even more exciting to play golf when you get a chance to play against, uh, you know, because, you know, Gretzky thinks that NF NA or NFL money is a lot greener than NHL money, and I disagree <laughs> with that. <laughs> that is true. Well, nowadays it is, especially, our, you know, our best player, Connor McDavid, geez, he's just making pennies to what, you know, Patrick Mahomes oh, yeah. is making. Yeah, wow. Oh, man. Well, yeah, it's 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 amazing. 20 years, how far, and, you know, the NFL just continues to get, you know, better and better. All the sports continue to get better and better and more interest in all the sports, and so – but uh, yeah, the, the the NFL has just been on a yeah. roll, and so yeah. Well, we all love we all love the lake life, Johnny. I mean, Uppy was was on the lake before he moved to California. And me too, kind of. We we were more worried about chasing women in Hollywood. We probably should have stayed on the lake. But uh, <laughs> I got to ask you about the tree bar at Gosser Ranch. That's one of my favorite spots. Uh, shout out to Coach Coop. Uh, every time I go to the tree bar, Russ Cornell, that that's a great spot to talk about a locker room feel. That has a nice locker room feel to it. That has a definite lock. It's a locker room with a bar in the middle of it. With <laughs> <laughs> a big tree, yeah. You know, yeah, with a bunch of trees. But, I, I, yeah, that's one place that uh, I don't think there's a better bar in America than there is at the tree bar. And plus, you get up there in Coeur d'Alene and, and the atmosphere and everything. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and Discovery does such a great job. They enlarged it a couple of years ago. And so, you know, you're out. Sitting outside, Coeur d'Alene's weather is so good during the yeah. summertime. So, and then you have great camaraderie like we're talking about that, uh, you know, there's not a better spot. Yeah, Johnny, before we talk some football with you, last thing, uh, you know, me and Updog, 
we, we love the PGA Tour, but we also love what Live Golf is, is is building with the teams. And you see John Rahm going there, and he's he's got his own team, and I think he's bringing in Terrell Hatton. Like as the ultimate team guy and a glue guy like yourself, what's your thoughts on the Live Tour and and how it can grow? And I guess just your overall thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I first you, you hate to you hate to see that you know golf's in a little upheaval right now. So you hate to see that. You would you would hope that they'd be able to put something together and thought it was heading that way. And then all of a sudden, who knows where it is right now, as far as we know, but I think that, uh, I think it's a great opportunity and it's like, you know, people say, well, the tradition of golf, it's PGA tour and da, 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 da. And I, and I get all that. I'm a traditionalist also, but also it's created a heck of a lot more opportunity for a lot more guys. And I think, you know, that's what our system is, whether you agree with it or not. That's a capitalistic system and the fact there's competition and it makes everybody better. That's what competition does. And I think that I think the live tour, you know, has done a very nice job. It's fun to watch. Like you said, the team aspect of it, it's, it's like a mini Ryder Cup every yeah. but You get to see that every week. Right. And I think once people understand that more, they'll like it more. You know, and I just hope I'm really hopeful that they can come together and make it make it make golf. You know what it is. It's still great, but hopefully they can come together and figure out something to wear. We have what we get to watch each week is the is the best of the best. Yeah, we have a buddy, Brendan Steele, a close buddy, he lives here in Newport. Yeah, he jumped over with Phil's team last year. And one interesting thing he said to me, which, you know, which relates to us as team guys is, you know, on like a Saturday morning or, you know, for them, it's a Saturday, I think, because they only play three rounds, but he could have the two worst rounds of his life and then show up Saturday and still know that you know, his, his round here is important for them to, you know, face off in the team match, but for also for him to, you know, jump on the team bird, if the guys win again, you know, and, and feel some sort of like he still chipped in where, where you're so lonely in the yeah. PGA tour when you have two bad rounds. Yeah. That was cool. John, he basically said like, if I go in on a Thursday and I shoot 74, I come there Friday or whatever. I don't really try hard, but I have to try hard on the next round for my team. Right. Cause my team's still in the mix. Right. Right. And yeah. I, you know, and that's the thing to me and I, where I feel so fortunate in my career and I love to play golf. I'm not sure I'd want to have been a PGA professional because there are so many good golfers and they're, you know, they all can play and it's just a matter of who puts the best each weekend. But, and I also think, and I, and I've said this all the time too, it's like, you know, if you want a PGA tour event, who are you celebrating with? Your caddy, yeah. <laughs> your family, right? And I think that's, you know, as a team sport, you know, and I went through three Super Bowl losses, which, which are the ultimate losses. But then when you look at the two wins, and I look back at the two wins, and what was most exciting about it was the fact that we did it with 53 other guys and the celebration afterwards. And I think that's where the the joy really comes is the fact that it takes everybody has to play well to, to win championships, no matter what league you're in. You know, the Super Bowl, uh, Stanley Cup. I mean, those things are people don't realize how hard it is to win those because there's so many great players and so many great teams out there and be able to put it all together for a full season and get a championship. You know, for me, the, the best thing was to celebrate with your teammates. And, and uh, you know, that's what uh, you know, that's what keeps us all going is just having buddies that you can celebrate with that you're all on the same page with. So um but I think that, like you said, I think the live tour and putting those teams together, I think is going to be very, very interesting. And it's got to be great for those, you know, for the for the pros out there because, you know, the Ryder Cup is such a – we all watch the Ryder Cup and like to watch it. And, uh, you know, but being able to play team golf, I think is a little bit of a change for them. But I think it's great for the game. 
Yeah, well, well said. So let's talk a little football, Johnny. Uh, you were a motivator when you played. You're still a motivator because you got my boy fired up. He was texting me last night. He's like, we got John Elway coming to be on your game. So I watched Elway to Marino when it first came out, but I, I watched it again last night, buddy. It was so cool how your draft changed the draft forever. The draft would, would, is, is what it is because of this. But looking back on it, I just have to think like, what about social media back then? You think it would have helped you or hurted you? Because you were just listening to your agent and reading the newspapers. Like it must have been. Do you think social media would have helped you back then? You know, I'm not a big fan of social media, um, so therefore, it's like I'm not sure what have I think. You know, especially with the players today, and they get so involved in social media. I think it takes away because, you know, I call I call social media mi microphones for morons because everybody that gets on it, they're they're the guys that were waiting to get on a sports talk show and they'd sit there and wait for an hour and a half to say their two minute bit on the radio. Right. But now it's, they, they can do it with the touch of a button. And so much of it seems, seems negative, you know? And so, um, you know, it's hard to say what it would change, but you know, the great thing about that, that uh, 30 for 30 was I, I, I never knew what was going on with Jim and Danny. And, you know, I just was really kind of in my world and trying to figure out how I was going to get out of Baltimore and so, um, you know, I, I didn't know. So that's what I watched it. It was very intriguing to me, too, because like, you know, with Danny and everything that was going on with Danny Marino and, and then Jim Kelly and him going to the USFL at the time. So it was great to, for me to see their stories, because at the time I had no idea they were going through all that stuff. Yeah. Either. So it was very, very interesting. So that, that's yeah. where I thought maybe social media, maybe it yeah. was better. He didn't know, but if you had social media, you know exactly what all those guys were doing. Yeah. Or, or you're listening to a bunch of bullshit from someone like he's like yeah. he's saying Some that just idiot that has no idea. At what point, <laughs> at what point did you hear your agent had that diary just completely <laughs> dialed in? Was that something that came a little bit later and, and like someone hit you from ESPN? Like, Hey, by the way, we got this incredible book by, yeah. yeah, no, you know what? I didn't know until I saw the 30 for 30. I didn't know he was keeping track of all those notes from, from meetings, which, you know, which is why, you know, Marvin Demoff is my agent and why we were very, very fortunate to to have yeah. him as the agent because he was he was that detailed and, and really knew everything that was going on and had great relationships with, with the teams in the NFL. So I did not know that until I saw the 30 for 30 myself. Incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. John, I mean, you had an absolute cannon for an arm, right? You, I mean, you would just send it. And when, when I when I played hockey, I passed the puck as hard as I could. And some coaches would be like, hey, you're passing the puck too hard. I'd be like, you can't give a good player a bad pass. Was there ever a coach that said, hey, John, maybe thread the needle here. Don't just send it in. You're like, buddy, this is how I play the game. Uh, yeah, I, I heard that every year. <laughs> <laughs> you're throwing the ball too hard. And it's like, uh, you know, and I – and, you know, as my career, if I, I got older, I got better with some touch. I mean, the hardest thing for me to throw was a screen pass, because especially if I had to go over somebody. But I, you know, that's kind of just the way I played the game. I and mean, I, I always felt the quicker I get to the, the quicker I get the ball to the wide out or the tight end, the quicker he's going to be able to get his head around and prepare himself for a hit. So therefore, you know, if I could put it on him now, to be a little bit more accurate. When it's harder, you got to be a little bit more accurate, but. Um, I always felt, heck, I'm trying to take care of you too. So if yeah. I get it to you, the, quick, the quickest I can get it to you, the quickest you're going to have time to turn it up and see what's coming. Johnny, That's what I thought yeah. the hockey passes too. Get it to me as quick as you can. It gives me a half a second to make a play. Yeah, I look, I look back at some of the older D-men that I looked up to, like the Jovos and stuff yeah. like that, and it would you would feel it on your hands every time you'd stop a puck. You're like, fuck, <laughs> you know, you never feel that. And you should feel that when you make it to the pros, like that's that you do things hard, you do it right. And, and you train the way you want to play, you know, 
Uh, Johnny, yeah. like the evolution of of your sport and football, and you, you as a player and a Hall of Famer into a GM, and watching, you know, the way these players now play the game and how they protect quarterbacks. I'm watching, you know, I watch your 30 for 30 and the highlights of you, you know, you boys back then, and you guys used to take hits harder than you know a running back gets smoked nowadays. And you know, w- what do you think? Like, was could they have done it back then? Like we look at hockey guys and the way the games change and they protect the players and a lot of the shots get called now, but uh, do you like the way they protect the guys? And, and, you know, it's nice to see the star players in there, but still it's nice to just run someone as hard as you can in a big game. <laughs> no, there's no question that, you know, that was kind of part of it back in the day. That was part of it. You get the other quarterback out, you got a better chance to win. Right. So that was kind of a mentality of, you know, with the game, there's a physical game and, tough game with big fast guys and they're getting bigger and faster all the time but i i think that you know with especially with the way the country is going with you know the, the brain stuff the concussions that i mean i think they had to make some changes and i think they've done a heck of a job taking unnecessary big hits out of the game yeah you know because there's blind you know some of those blindside shots you know that don't need to be in the game i think we've done the nfl has done a good job taking it out now I, you know, I think they've gone a little bit too far, in my opinion, because I think it puts too much on the referees. You know, I, at so many times I can't stand it. If quarterback, if a guy goes to block a pass and his arms come down, which they have to, and then you hit a guy in the helmet, and then it's a penalty. To me, I look at that and I go, well, how many, and I was on the competition committee for about five years. My question always was, well, how many concussions have we had of quarterbacks getting hit in the helmet with a hand, right? So... Yeah, You know, I, I think it's gone a little bit too far. And, and again, it puts it more back into the referee's hands and control of the game, which I don't like either. I like it. I like it to be decided by the players, not by the referees. So it just brings that much more in. And I think there's more inconsistency with it. Now, with that being said, you know, the league did it because they want the stars upright and those and the networks want the stars upright because they paid a lot of money for the rights to broadcast these games. And so therefore, you know, there's a business aspect to it, too, which I think is the biggest reason why we've gone a little bit too far. But for the most part, the game is safer. It's still a very brutal, tough football game, you know, game that, you know, guys in it are tough. You have to be tough to play it. But, um, I, I, you know, sure. Do I wish now sitting there after I get up out of this chair and take <laughs> a few minutes to stand up straight? Um, I wish they'd had those rules back in my day. But uh, I, you know what? I wouldn't have changed how we played the game back yeah. when I said, would you rather play now? And I said, no, you know, I was lucky to get to play back then. I was lucky to get to play with the guys I got to play with. And, you know, you make lifetime friends and, and to be able to win the championships. And so, and they say, well, what the money's so much bigger now. I said, well, yeah, I heard the same thing back when I was getting paid from the older guys. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, that's just, you know, that's the way the game keeps growing and good for them that they're continuing to make that kind of money. That's so true because my uncle played in the NHL in the 70s and when I made it, he's like, they're giving you how much to play hockey? I'm like, come on, Uncle, I think we deserve it. But, Uh, yeah. uh, Johnny, I want to ask you just on on the fact of how tough it was when you played put you on the spot here a little bit, but who was the scariest guy when, when you show up to the field on Sunday and you're playing whoever you're like, you know, for me, it was a guy like Derek Bugard or someone like, was there one guy you looked at? You're like, no, oh, not today. Like this guy's going to be all over me. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's, oh, you know, Bruce Smith with the bills, yeah. junior say you know, the thing about junior say is he was a great, great player was everywhere. And, you know, as 
as a quarterback, you like people being where they're supposed to be, whether, whether it's coverage or then you know where everybody's supposed to be. And so if you can't see him, but you know there's a guy there. With Junior, he'd be dropping when he was supposed to be rushing, and he'd be rushing when he was supposed to be dropping. And so he's the most unpredictable, which made him, you know, to me, one of the hardest guys to play against. And so, but I always say this too, is that, you know, they're always, you know, they everybody talks shit. There's a lot <laughs> in every sport, right? And, yeah. Every every guy was always going to say, hey, oh, wait, I'm going to come get you. I go, I know. I know you are. I heard that last week, and I'll be right here. You got to get to these five first, and then you'll get a chance to get to me. But uh, you'll know where I'll be. But I think that, you know, and everyone I get asked a lot, too, is who hit you the hardest, right? And I always say the damn ground. You know, yeah. Because when they landed on top, at least when you got hit, you could give – you know, and learn how to fall as a quarterback to stay healthy. You got to learn how to fall and not fight those big dudes. Just let them take them where they're get, where they're where they're going to take you. But when you hit on when you hit the ground and they land on top of you, that to me was you know, whenever I got the wind knocked out of me, it was because they landed on top of me. And as you guys know, it doesn't matter how many times you get the wind knocked out of you. You never think you're going to breathe again. Oh, it's yeah, the it's worst, not. isn't it? It's the well worst. said, John. And then you can't get nothing, and you're just sitting there trying to just say, "Let me breathe, let me breathe." But uh, you're, it, yeah. was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, you know, the ground was so hard when those guys landed on you. Hey, John, you, you said about you know the biggest thing for quarterbacks is guys being in the right position, and you were a hell of a, ball, a baseball player, and it's a hard thing to do to hit a round ball with a a round ball with a round bat. But in my opinion, I think being an NFL quarterback is the hardest position. And the reason I think that is you see these guys come out of college that are like high picks and they can't even play in the NFL. Like, would you think the court, and not just because you played it, but do you think it may be the toughest position in sports? I do. I think just, and, and number one, because of the expectations, the, the expectations are always so high. And, and, and the way the game, as we know now, as we've been talking about, the game is so quarterback central centric in the fact that because everybody's throwing the ball a lot more you know not necessarily downfield but outside and, and throwing the football a lot more so the game's changed so that puts the pressure on you know on the quarterback I think what's really difficult is these young guys come out and they're a top five pick if they're the first third fourth pick or even the top 10 pick the expectations of those kids coming in um, are so high, and I think it takes time. I think if you look at the Packers and what they've done with Jordan Love, what they did with Aaron Rodgers, sat him on the bench for three years, and then you kind of give them a chance to get acclimated to the NFL game and understand what it's all about. So I think they've done a tremendous job, but I just think it's so hard for these young guys. The expectations are so high. They make a lot of money, which raises the expectations. But and when when those guys go to high picks, they're usually going to bad football teams. And, you know, for a young quarterback, to me, the most important thing is that offensive coordinator that gets him in the best position to be successful, doesn't try to put too much on him in the first couple of years, stay within what he can do. And it's, you know, but then those coaches have a tough time too because they got the win. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of quick triggers in the NFL when it comes to firing coaches these days. So the pressure's on everybody. And so – you know, the, that's just the hard thing for these young guys is getting acclimated to the NFL, learning the game, the expectations of the media and what they do. Because I always felt, you know, when, you, when you're when you in college, you're still an amateur athlete. You're still a kid. So the expectations aren't nearly as high. But as soon as they start paying you money and you're a high pick in the NFL, the expectations just grow, you know, exponentially to where, you know, it's. I think it's more the kids are all talented 
I just think that eventually they lose their confidence if they get keep getting beat down, beat down, beat down. And plus, those kids have usually had a lot of success coming out of high school, coming out of college. If you're a high pick, they've had a lot of success. And so it's tough mentally for a lot of them to handle. And I think that's why we see the miss rate that we see. You know, what is it, 50% just yeah, in the first yeah. round? Not even first-round quarterbacks, but first-round players in the NFL of who make it. That's crazy. Johnny, you've been to five, uh, so five Super Bowls. Um, so you know what the pressure's like. A lot of noise around there. We've never been to Stanley Cup Finals, but we understand. Uh, Not as players, but we went there just to party. Yeah. We went to the party. Yeah, we're part of the noise. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're part of the noise. I've been part to many of those Super Bowl parties, too. Uh, uh, we're the distractions now. But before we dive into maybe these two teams left, and you know, one team's been there a bunch, and for reasons that we, that we know of, but you know, <clears throat> Las Vegas and hosting their first Super Bowl uh, could you imagine back in the day, like just all the madness going on in Vegas? I know, I, I know who your friends are, so I know they like Las Vegas, but you know, what are these guys in for? And maybe just, you know, I know you won your last one, your last season playing in Miami. And I'm sure that was fun because Miami's a good place, but, but just talk about maybe Las Vegas and hosting this Super Bowl and just what that excitement's going to be like. You know, and I, I, I've always said this is that when you look at it as a player, you know, that's one of the hardest games to play in because everything, you know, you're on, you, you get a routine, right? You're, everybody has a routine. And so you get into routine. And so it's like a bye week. And so really, I think why we were able to win the last two is Mike Shanahan had been to a Super Bowl, seen how to win one, how they went about it. He worked for Jersey for San Francisco, I think, when they beat the Chargers back in 94. So Mike had seen how it worked. And I think the way he did things is, you know, you take care of all your family business the first week before you leave because you don't. You usually don't leave to go to the site until a week before the game. And so you get all the family stuff, all the tickets, all the requests, all that stuff done before you get to the site. And then I think, you know, as players, you know, you'll get in there, maybe go out the first night when you get there, have a little bit of fun on Sunday or Monday night. But then after that, you know, it goes strictly to football. And so yeah. I have always said – Everybody else except the teams have a great time at the Super Bowl <laughs> because they're, you know, the, the teams are going there to work. It's so yeah. hard to get there. And that's why it becomes such the priority is that, you know what, we'll go to other Super Bowls as fans. You know, let's, let's, let's work our ass off and do what we do and, and uh, do everything we can to win this football game because it's also the ultimate loss. It's the ultimate win, uh-huh. but it's also the ultimate loss. And so, that's why having lost three, and then I waited like eight years before we got back to one, and and uh, uh, we were able to win that, you know, Super Bowl thirty two against the Packers. And I remember running on the field. There's five minutes to go. Actually, before that week, I said, God, can I? Can you please have us in this game in the fourth quarter? Because we were never in the game in the, the other three Super Bowls in the fourth quarter. So I was like, Can we please just be in the game in the fourth quarter? And you know, the Packers were defending champs. They were a great football team. And so I remember running on the field with five minutes to go and say, thank you, Lord, for the chance. Now we got to go make it happen. We're fortunately able to get it done and made it the best win ever. Uh, that's unbelievable story. Speaking about getting it done, John, Patrick Mahomes, I, I had a big futures bet that I had the Ravens <laughs> and Niners to make it to the Super Bowl, and I would have I won some, a good chunk of change for me. And I had a bad feeling about Patty, but – from a guy who's got the gold jacket, like this guy, man, he just he's just a winner and he's just like what 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 do you see from your seat when you watch him? You know, I think that we all see what an athlete he is. And and the thing I like about Patrick Mahomes is that he's not afraid of anything and he makes a great decision maker and he's not afraid of anything. And I think that's what you see 
guys that don't have a, don't have a lot of experience in in playoff games. Like Baltimore hadn't been to a championship game for a long, long time. I don't think they played their foot best football game. But if you looked at what Kansas City's done the last two weeks, you know they weren't playing very good football at the end of the year. No. And all of a sudden they got it turned around. They were struggling on the offensive side. But I think that their mentality, and I think Patrick's mentality, they get into those big games, and I think that's the difference maker between great quarterbacks, good quarterbacks, and quarterbacks that go to the Hall of Fame is they play they play big in big games. And Patrick has just, you know, the last two weeks, you know, he's been unbelievable. I still don't – my big question, because I like Baltimore last week too, because I'm not a Chiefs fan just because they're in our division. Yeah, yeah, of course. I don't know. I, I don't know how Kelsey has 12 catches. When you know, I know. That, that, that's the guy he's going to, and I'm just like <laughs> – I'm like in shock, and he had like seven catches in the first half, and I'm like, oh my god, this is not going to go well. So, but uh, it's uh, you know that, but Patrick is just a, yeah, he's one of a kind, and you know I'm sure he'll stay healthy because he takes care of himself, but he, and he's going to be a great one for a long, long time. I just got to have you yeah. ever because in hockey, John, if we were in the second half and we were playing bad, we'd be like, boys, you can't just turn it on, you can't turn it off. Like we, we're not just going to start <laughs> game one of the playoffs. It's not a light one. switch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you ever played for a team where you stumbled in and then and then you got it going? Because that's the biggest thing to me. Like I watched the Chiefs play a lot because my girls from Kansas City or Kansas, and they weren't playing well. Then boom, they just turned it on, John. Yeah, and I, you know, and then with, you know, you can look at they they can turn it on because you know what was that that there was their sixth conference championship in a row, right? Which yeah. is unheard of, and so. I think those guys, especially when you're, you know, defending world champs, did they win? A, I can't remember if they won it last year or not. But yeah, they did. That's what I thought. Yeah. And so, but as defending world champions, I think they have that mentality of that once they get to the playoffs, they know they're going to play well in the playoffs. And so it is hard to flip that switch. We got in as a wild card in 98, um, and we had Miami at home, but then we had to go on the road with uh, – to Kansas City and then to Pittsburgh. And a funny story about that, we're going to Kansas City and I was talking to Brett Hull. And so we're talking, da, da, da. I said, well, you want to come to the game? He goes, sure. I said, all right. So he comes to the game, got him on the sideline. It was him and Mark Wiebe, who was the PGA pro from a long time ago. And so we go to Kansas City, Brett's on the sideline. He said he was never so scared in his life because they're running at him so fast every time they came <laughs> to the sideline. And so we ended up beating Kansas City in Kansas City. I said, well, dude, you got to come to Pittsburgh now because we won this one on the road. I said, you got to come to Pittsburgh now. So he ended up coming to Pittsburgh too. And so that's my great Holly story. And the fact that he was there for both those wins. Holly is he's uh, a glue guy. Holly's one of a kind. Yeah. yeah he, he wasn't moving too fast, but boy, was he, boy, was he efficient <laughs> out there. Um, what, what should we, should we, yeah, I guess, I, I guess I want to, one last thing on the Super Bowl here while we got you, John, we'll, we'll put you on the spot a little bit here. I, I know you're an ex Bronco and you, you don't like the Chiefs because the AFC West, but, uh, you know, who do you like going in if, if you had, if you had to pick a team or if you are going to pick a team, who do you like? You know, it's, <clears throat> I, I looked at the line. Yes, I think Sam Fran's a one point favorite or something like that. Um, I'm not sure. I, you know, it's hard. The Niners came back, obviously. Charged back that second half. I'm really happy for Johnny John Lynch and and Kyle Shanahan. I think they're both great. They're great people. So I was I was rooting for them. I still couldn't figure out why uh, Detroit didn't kick those field goals in the second half just to kind of get some get some distance and change some momentum. And because even you know, and that's the other thing about what drives me crazy in the NFL is everybody 
They're all going for it on fourth down. I don't get the analytics of it. I'm sure that there's numbers that prove that. But analytics don't have any emotion to them. And as you know, in hockey and football, there's so much emotion involved in the game and how the game's going. And and I really think it would better be it'd have been a different outcome if he'd kicked those, you know, those field goals. At least they're adding points to the lead. And uh, I think all that did is add fuel when they didn't get them. But um, I was glad to see the Niners come back. But with that that being said, um, right, I, you know, I'm rooting for the Niners. It is gonna. I think it's gonna be a really good game. I don't think the Niners are playing as good on defense as they were um, in the middle of the year. So I think they've struggled a little bit on the defensive side. You know, Brock Purdy showed what he's made of in the second half last week, and so you know he's got everything they can do. So it's just hard with with Kansas City playing as well as Kansas City's playing. It's hard to bet against them with Andy Reid, right? Yeah, yeah. Andy Reid, yeah. yeah. The Niners D hasn't played as well as they have all year. That scares me a bit, like they might bring it for the Super Bowl. But it, it's going to be a great game. John, last one for me, buddy. Uh, in 96, the Colorado Avalanche moved to the Mile High City, the old uh, the old barn they played in there. They come there, they win a Stanley Cup their first year. Were you kind of like, what's going on here, fellas? Like, you just got to town? Or who who did you hang out with? Did you go to any of the games? Or how was that for you when they won it? I actually, yeah, and I wasn't a huge hockey fan, but I ended up, yeah, I had season tickets and so got to a lot of games and, and uh, learned a lot about about hockey and loved going to it. And I think that I always say this, the Avalanche broke the seal for Denver. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because we never had a world championship. And so I was like glad that they came to town, broke that seal, and and uh, we're looking at that. And I think it added an incentive for us too, to say, hey, you know what? We can't get that done. And, and uh, so – then we end up winning, I don't know, three years ago, three or four years later. And so, but I always say, yeah, it was great to have them to town. And, you know, they were so fun to watch with Sackick and Forsberg and Patrick Wall, you know, and Lemieux, you know, and played golf with those guys a couple of times. And so they were great guys. And, and, uh, and it was really fun to watch and really fun to watch the rivalry between them and Detroit. And I know that probably came on as time, but those were like, those things were slugfest every time. You you didn't want to miss a Red Wing game when they're in town, that's for sure. Yeah, you don't see that much very often, Johnny. Just like your old school football, yeah. then you know it was uh, it was wild days. But listen, um, Johnny, for the people that know you out there as a Hall of Fame quarterback, buddy, you're more of a Hall of Fame guy. You're you're a great guy to hang with, to golf with. Uh, we appreciate you coming on Missing Curfew. I just wanted to throw out. Uh, this last thing, our boy Kelly Chase is in a fucking fight, and uh, we're thinking about him. A lot yeah. of fan, a lot of Kelly Chase fans on our podcast. But anything you want to maybe touch on uh, with yeah. our boy? I mean, I am Kelly Chase is one of those. You know, he's one of a kind, as you know. And so I think that you know, and he's in he's in the middle of a hell of a battle. But I I know that if anybody's going to beat this thing, Kelly will beat it. And we're as you know, he's got so many friends and so many people that care about him that uh, we're all praying for him, knowing that he's going to get through this thing and. His mindset will get it through him because that's he's a fighter and a, as we all know, a good fighter. And yeah. so therefore <laughs> yeah. he will uh he'll get through this thing and thoughts and prayers are always with him. Yeah, absolutely. Well Johnny, we appreciate you Thank coming you. on, man. You're the man. My pleasure. It's great talking to you guys.